0: Hi, I'm Peter Anthony. And I'm Steve Angel. You're listening to Men With Spirit. Join us as we explore what it means to be a modern man and to live a spirited life. G'day and uh, welcome to this 25th episode of Men With Spirit at Radio Caram. And this is the show where we encourage men to get out of their heads and more into their hearts, to be authentically connected to themselves and with others. Hi, I'm Peter Anthony and I'm here with my co-host Steve Angel. G'day Steve.
1: Hello Peter, how are you?
0: I'm oh, good, good, good. I'll good. go into that a little bit more detail <laughs> in a sec, but... We're here today with the help of our special guest, mm-hmm. Tom George, who we'll introduce shortly, and we're discussing the topic of, wait for it, exceeding mm-hmm. your perceived potential. Okay, Steve, what have you been? Uh, what have you been up to since we were last together?
1: Well, as you know, I've been pretty busy, actually, doing a lot of things, <laughs> which I'm, have. which is why I'm really looking forward to a little break that I'm having with my wife. Uh, we're going to go to Echuca and Moama for a few days, so I'm feeling pretty excited about that and uh, looking forward to a bit of a rest, relaxation, maybe re- reconnection. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, what about yourself, Peter? What have you been up to?
0: I've been, um, since we were last together, I've actually... Um, Uh, taken up an offer from um, the the bus company I used to work for and uh, they've asked me back as a uh, part-time school bus driver. Um, So life's going to be a little bit busier for me uh, with all the other things I do as well. So uh, that was an interesting um, being approached about that. So I was relieved because it takes some of the pressure off financially and that sort of thing. And I do enjoy uh, interacting with the kids and all that sort of thing. Share lots
1: uh, of stories about the bus. Yeah,
0: I I enjoy it. And... um, but I'm also very, uh, in terms of how I'm feeling, I'm very pleased, actually, that um, that over this uh, period of time, I st- stuck to my values, and uh, particularly about choice and free will. So, um, yeah, I'm pleased to be back doing it, but I'm pleased with the decisions I made that ultimately led to me not being able to drive a bus. So, um, good things on have changed So, so um, yeah, I'm feeling, feeling, feeling good. Good, feeling good. good. And uh, today's guest, Steve. Yes. We've got uh, someone who you know particularly well. uh, And and actually... um, The listeners uh, will kind of know. Yeah, it (laughs) sort of runs in the family. A few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, we had um, Tim George on. Mm -hmm. And it turned out that our guest the following week knew Tim. And our guest today, Tom he George. He, he knows Tim George really well too. Tim, welcome very much. Or oh, Tom, rather. welcome very uh, welcome to the show. Um, at twenty nine years of age, you're our youngest guest we've had on the show today, and our first millennial.
2: Welcome. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. Thanks for being here. That Tim Tom confusions happens. <laughs> quite a lot, as you'd expect. Yes. I think he still calls me Simon, so there's no confusion <laughs> with other people calling me Tim. I accept Tim. I accept Tom.
1: I know. It's just a vowel. That's, there's not much between it's the two close. of two It's very yeah.
2: close. But yeah, thanks for having me on. It was um, Dad's episode was my introduction into into this, so I was able to listen to that and get some insight from him as well and hear how it all works. So I'm cool. thankful to be here.
1: But let's put Dad aside, because yeah. it's about you today, right? Absolutely. Do you hear
2: that? you <laughs> hear that, Tim? <laughs>
0: Um, you've nominated for our discussion today, Tom, um, exceeding our perce- or your perceived potential. So, before we hear a bit more about you, well, what do you um, what do you mean by perceived potential?
2: I think it's it, it's something that a lot of people don't realise until you've kind of passed past that state of what you think is your potential. So like, it's only upon reflection then you can look back and sort of see that my perceived potential might have actually been wrong and I'm highly capable to do much more than what has been available in the past. Um, So now I think I'm in a state currently in my life where I can reflect on something, still got a lot to go and I'm assuming I'm going to again break through my perceived potential that I have currently. Mm Um, But knowing that it's a forever moving boundary that I can break through, I think is a big lesson that I've taken so far. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, we're going to be very interested to explore all of that. I think it's a fascinating uh, topic you've nominated. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you describe yourself to others and the work you do? Because I gather... I think your dad gave a bit of a heads up on this a few weeks ago that it's uh, it's a very much a family business, uh, the private sea with you, your mum and dad running it. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, well, I personally, I'm I don't know, I'm ai am a kind of easygoing, relaxed guy, but I also like <laughs> I like things to be very particular, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, just in myself. I like structure, I like cons- like consistency, and I like things in line. But I also you know, like to sit back and, and relax from things. I think a lot of my friends know me as a pretty relaxed guy. Not not a lot gets to me. Um, but when it does is, I think, when it mm-hmm. when you see it. <laughs> but it happens in r- very rarely. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, with the work, I'm pretty in a, in a very lucky situation to be in business with my parents and to be in the business that we are in, in terms of the business of applying help to people or applying benefit or t- applying... Different, different views of life and, and being able to allow people to open up and, and view things in a new way. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, very honoured to be a part of the business with Mum and Dad. Um, and this is called the Private Sea The Private Sea Wellness Centre, exactly, yeah, in yeah, yeah, Mornington. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it started off as a nice little, I'm pretty sure Dad would have gone into it a little bit, but started off as a small float centre and has grown into something that we can be super proud of. It's a dream of ours to kind of keep mm-hmm. the thing growing and building. And it's really seeming like that's that's beginning to happen through a lot of hard work and, and some dark times, especially over the past two years mm. with closures mm. and everything mm. like that. And now to see where the business is at um, and sort of see that it is working and, and, and hearing those stories from people, pre, pre-lockdown situation and, and, and post, we still get the stories of how much, I like to think of businesses as their own little entity in themselves mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of distance myself from it and like the, what the private sea does for people mm-hmm. um what it's doing for people what it does for me and the community that's involved with it as well i think is is so incredible and i'm just on that ride as well we am trying to facilitate the space for the private sea to to exist in
0: and i gather you you make a pretty mean coffee and uh, oh. chai and that sort of thing <laughs> so i'm which, told t- which steve can uh, testify to yeah. yeah
2: some might say the number one in the center dad if you're listening <laughs> 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 no competition <laughs> zero competition yeah. in this yeah. family. Uh, um,
0: well, that's great, and uh, you've got a lot of practitioners and that sort of thing. Like, what do you get out of being involved in the centre personally? Is it
2: oh, uh, growth? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Just what do you mean by growth?
2: Being around all of these incredible people constantly, whether it is the family, whether it is and the family being not just mum and dad, but Steve, um, Steve and the other practitioners that that are there. I think have opened my eyes to just to again new perspectives I mm. might absolutely drown that word out today but it's a big thing that's changed is how people view things and and that allows just this immense open mindedness I think between I can see it in my growth I can see it in in the business's mm. growth but also mum and dad's growth as well mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it's taught me a lot of things about what what other people's values are and, and how I can apply them to, to, to my life if I find them applicable um but yeah, it's just this—a place of a place of knowledge. Which, you know, if I have a question or a thought or a feeling that I need sort of feathered out, I know I can go to someone that's in the centre and and, and get some pretty insanely insightful advice back from them.
0: That's a tremendous resource
2: to have. To in, yeah, again, to draw on. so lucky, very yeah. lucky.
0: Good on you. Um, for a twenty-nine-year-old, uh, we had a, Steve. You and I had a bit of a chat the other day, and uh, what came out of that for me because I don't know you as well as Steve but um, you've experienced a lot um, especially through uh, travel Uh, can you share with us how that travel bug bug started and um, where you've been and why it's been important in terms of your growth like you, you said before you're getting a lot of growth from being involved in the centre and mixing with different people there but you've obviously got a lot of growth over the years from your travel what does it mean to you?
2: Yeah, oh, well, it's the, definitely the bug started through mum and dad's risk taking, um, moving from Queensland when I was younger, and I think this helped my development a fair bit as well, In again, in the time it was the worst thing that had happened to me was moving the whole family, selling the house from Queensland and moving it down to Victoria as I was transitioning from primary school to high school, losing, f- not necessarily losing friends, but distancing myself from those friends that I mm. created over those times. Um, and then moving down to victoria but the time in between that they sold the house and took us on a three month trip around europe and that was a little bit of escapes my memory i see pictures of it here and there and you know i was a 12 year old just running around playing with toys and and whatever i could back then i remember reading narnia but i think that just really really settled in the bug for me where i could mm-hmm. again immerse myself in 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 these cultures and just sort of see that there is this grand place to explore and there's so much more to it and i think yeah that that's where it was really planted. so i decided maybe not from there but subconsciously from from that moment that that's what i want to do i want to see how big this place is i want to immerse myself speak to new people speak other languages eat great food and yeah just kind of enjoy what life has to offer
0: but a fantastic opportunity to spend three months doing that rather than three months at school. I reckon you Mm -hmm. would have got massively more growth out of that experience than just attending school for three months.
2: To their, I think they saw that. I think Mm mum and dad knew that. Mm -hmm. I think they knew that. I've, I had maybe four or five months of that primary school left of year seven, which was like the exams and stuff like that. So Mm. very happy to get out of those because it was just gonna be, you know, repeating the information that I'd learned through school or through that year or whatever that semester. But I think they, they knew deep down that it was going to do something insanely insanely positive for us and my sister and I have now both taken different different paths in, in travel but we've both traveled she um, she became a hairdresser on cruise ships and on cruise liners and everything like that as well traveled the world for 10 years um, working on British Airways as flight attendants and yeah, she saw a lot of the world, and it was all stemmed from from that trip in 2005. And me, i have now looking to do another one soon, but not as long as I used to. Through my early 20s, I would do like five or six-month trips um, based around the Americas, so North and South America, and really, really, really delve into that there. Yeah, so tell us about North and South America.
1: Why, why were you attracted to those continents?
2: I think it's, it, it kind of all started with friends going there friends coming back and talking about what their experiences was there it started with festivals people kind of teeing up festivals I'm like well it's just that's where I want to go go hang out with friends and not really knowing what it was going to be like but people just saying it was fun and then going over there and kind of getting exposed to because when we traveled Europe it was these these very modern countries it was you know Paris and, and seeing all the beauty of Paris but now when you go to Mexico you're sort of um, involved in uh, mm-hmm. in a whole new world it's something that you haven't seen before you you see poverty for real you see people struggle for real and, but you also see how how little they have and and how much they love it's mm-hmm. it's a very eye-opening experience i think to to see that and i fell in love with that culture i fell in love with just the the minimalist style that they have and, and view on life where it is they're very community based, they're very family based. They find simplicity and, and fun and joy in such little things where it's just like these are these are like these values that we should all have in the Western world, but a lot of um a lot of us seem to be we've drawn, it, yeah. <laughs> drawn to the materialism Did, do you feel
0: more connected to uh these people and these cultures as a consequence of the travel?
2: For sure, for sure. I can't wait to go back to be honest. I um I lived with with a family in Guatemala and I still write them an e- email every every so often in in my terrible terrible Spanish, just to sort of see where they're at. But there's there's a sense of um, a sense of connectedness that you have with people that you travel travel with, travel past, travel through. It's just yeah, there's a immense amount of connectedness that allows you to to empathise with humanity and allows you to to really feel. What other cultures are like, and um, I think that kind of has really allowed me to be this person that I am. And you feel more connected, more united than mm-hmm. divided. You,
0: you recognise the uh, the similarities rather than the differences.
2: Exactly, exactly. I think there's that us and them, us and them mentality that a lot of people might have, um, but until you actually realise that you're speaking with that person in the other, whatever mm. the other might be, is we have all these commonalities. We're 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 similar. Like we can talk to anyone about situation and they're going through the same thing. I think that's what allows people to, to really grow and um to really understand that we are connected, like we're all cut from the same cloth, you know, we speak different languages, we have these different kind of histories and everything like that as well. But yeah, we're we're all so similar. We're all human, we're all in the same existence, we're built of the same thing, thoughts and everything like that are somewhat common you know the bow was created around the world in a bunch of different places fire was found and created in a bunch of different places it's thoughts and everything i think people hold them to their own but they are this global universal thing yeah and focus
0: on the similarities rather than the differences exactly. they say with astronauts that get up there and looking down on earth recognize that we are just on we are people on this planet rather than all these different nationalities and yep what unites us rather than what separates us sense of oneness
1: the travel really opened your uh, your eyes to the way the world really is and not just what you had experienced. How much have you taken into your life now from all that experience traveling? And, and how does it play out in your life and also in the work that you're doing?
2: I think, <coughs> excuse me, that a big thing, like, I think visually you go and see all these beautiful places with your eyes and then... I remember my first drive back on the the Esplanade. And after seeing all these beautiful coastlines, being on these amazing beaches through South America, driving along that coastline of Mount Martha, you're like we we live in a beautiful place, you know. Mm. We don't need to travel. We don't need to immerse myself in all these distant places and everything like that where we we do have this here. And I can live and have that travel or holiday mindset in a place that I live, in a place that I love and create the community there. So it's really brings back the sense of like freeness that i had when traveling i can bring that back now into a place of localization Mm. i guess Mm. and and act the same way like when you're traveling you're going out and you're like hey you want to go out for dinner today or something like that like you you kind of forced into those situations let's go grab breakfast you want to see a movie let's go for a walk otherwise you're just doing it by yourself and i think bringing that back here um yeah, I don't know. I think maybe I can be a little bit forward sometimes, and a little bit I don't know in people's faces. But um, yeah, I kind of like that about myself. I'm 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 me and and truly me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I live I live um, hard on my sleeve. I think that's a really I really good a, yeah
1: I really like that insight that you have about what you, it's like you you see life back home through a different lens, don't you? Mm-hmm. And you realize I, I've had the same thoughts about going down Oliver's Hill sometimes. Mm. When you go down Oliver's Hill and you look at that bay, uh, it's a, it could be anywhere right now. How do I take uh, this for uh, granted? But ever since traveling and seeing all that, it's been one of those things where you look for the beauty everywhere, don't you? Yes, I gives think it's you a wonderful insight. Greater
0: appreciation and yeah. gratitude. Yeah, but, uh, I agree. I often get down the beach and I look out, uh, out to the ocean there and just. You could be anywhere. Yeah. And we're just so fortunate.
1: Mm-hmm. But you need to leave. Don't you? Sometimes mm, you need to leave. Yeah, that, you need you to break. change that's your perspective.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's got to come off a lot, I tell you. Yeah. That perspective yeah, change. And you do need to leave <laughs> to appreciate
1: it. Yeah. Mm, wonderful. Um, now, you you said you do a lot of traveling on your own. Yeah. Um, When you travelled, what about the connectedness? Did you make friends? That you know, I know you mentioned the the family in Guatemala. Are there others that have remained with you? And
2: and how has that shaped who you are? Yeah, some of these people will remain with me forever, whether it is just a a memory or whether it is you. You you hear the song towards the end, and I'll explain that song later. But um, you're just able to kind of live worry-free of, of what other people's judgments are. And I think the other people that are living like that or traveling solar as well, it just creates this bond naturally. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the brotherhood that I had with a couple of people or like the the brother-sisterhood, I don't know if that's a mm-hmm. thing, but mm-hmm. um, just the connections that you have because you're just like, oh, we're just going to... Yeah. Like you're living in a hostel, you're going out for breakfast, lunch and dinner with these people. Like you just, you become living with them and they are family. Mm. They be, you You just get this weird sense of or this like really pushed sense of family that you wouldn't usually get with friends like you see friends maybe once a week or every now and then but when you're traveling solo or or whatever it might be whatever other situations might cause this you're just living with new people every 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 week or every month and you're just like all right well let's let's just do this
0: just a question: Have you ever done any of the walks like the Camino or anything like that? Have you ever done anything like that?
2: This is interesting. You bring it up, and this is this is another thing I was talking about. Um, in terms of spirituality, is the the synchronicities mm-hmm. where I just recently looked at flights to Spain. Um, I got I got the the quote back two days ago for the flights to Spain to do a little trip to Spain, um, because that does interest me. And Dad and I have actually talked about doing doing that walk together and, um. The flights came back a little bit more expensive than what I thought. So it might not be happening in this current time, but it is for sure a dream of mine.
0: Have you seen the film The Way? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a great, a great movie. Yep. But uh, there is, I know quite a few people that have done the Camino or similar sorts of walks mm-hmm. and what they've got out of that. Yep. And uh, in fact, um, uh, George's, who uh, used to run um, Beach Lane here in Carrum, uh, he and his partner did that a few years ago. And it's, uh, you know, that... An amazing experience everyone I speak to mm. so I'd encourage you to do it it sounds as if it really helps in terms of your personal growth and
2: exceeding your personal potential <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's definitely I'm um, for sure there's a few things that I want to do there's a do coast to coast which I thought about ten years ago and that's just like a bike ride and canoe across west to east of new zealand Mm -hmm. the camino i'd love to do i'd love to do that with dad if you're listening (laughs) um put it on the business um but yeah then there's all these places that i want to go but then you know the more places you go the more places you want to return to so it's just do i want to spread myself thin and see everywhere or do i just want to go back to these places where i have these church memories i'm sort of in two minds so so doing all this travel
0: how in essence has that helped you to um exceed your your perceived potential like is it just a a a mindset that's changed
2: or yeah because i I was thrust into it in a unique situation where i was traveling with one of my best mates um and he ended up losing his passport and this was we only found it out when we were about to board the flight or about to check in for the flight so i gave him a quick little hug he was going to run back to the hotel came back couldn't find it no worries well i guess we'll sort of see what we can do here so then i boarded the flight to panama and he ended up traveling back home because he couldn't find it and then it was going to take way too long to kind of organize it um so i didn't see him for another year and a half two years because he (laughs) moved back to perth (laughs) so it was a quick little hug saying see you tomorrow and didn't see him for a very long time but that thrust me into the solo travel which again that's that sense of freeness which was so intimidating at the start so much anxiety and i didn't Mm. i didn't want to travel so i didn't have that feeling to travel solo but you just put in the situation where like i've still got four months left of this trip and i'm you now just by myself you know it's
0: um, funny how the circumstances can conspire to put you in a situation that yep. you feel uncomfortable in, mm, mm-hmm. but as a consequence you grow tremendously
2: exactly yeah and i again i would have never have booked a trip by myself um and then going and doing it, I had that sense of belief that I'm just like, well, oh, I'm highly capable of this because, you know, you have those days where you kind of get over it. You, you have those days where you just want to sit in the hotel. And like, you know, I just want to be by myself. I, mm. I, I don't want to have to step out and, and speak to people and meet people. I'll just go out for dinner by myself which, and go to movies by myself, which I do now. Like mm. now I would have never done that either. But sometimes you know there's a movie that i really want to see and things don't align and friends have already seen it or whatever it might be and i'm just like i'll go by myself like i don't have that that fear or anxiety or that that worry or whatever people might have towards that where yeah it's it's given me the ability to like i am a singular and i can be in multiples of a bunch of people but at the root of it i'm i can just walk this life solo
0: Mm -hmm. so in um what advice would you give to other people in their 20s say that uh contemplating whether they should travel what's in it for them what would you say to them
2: definitely do it that's 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 the first thing take that step um but it all play out it it almost always does you know just take that step and if it doesn't really play out to the way that you thought it would upon reflection (laughs) you'll find that it has allowed you to, to to grow you know like it's I think in every aspect, in every in every in every journey, there is that there's these multiple lessons to learn, and I think it's um, yeah, travelling is a, a sure surefire way to to learn fast.
1: Did you do any travelling in your younger years, Peter?
0: No, I I was uh, ended up doing you know, uni part time and got then got onto the whole career thing, and something I re- regretted. But having said that, I, I became. Uh, uh, long story but I became a, a partner at a relatively early age and I ended up sort of travelling the world doing all sorts of things and I was able to take my wife with me and sometimes the kids so I did a lot of travel at that stage in life but I never did the uh, the travel when I when mm. I was younger you got around I did because spent time did. in Japan and all sorts of places in Japan and,
1: and I lived in New York for a year but then I travelled as well around Europe and a little bit around Asia but I did all that in, like in my early 20s as well I can highly recommend it just grow. What
0: did it do to
1: you? Well, I think there was, I found that I had more resilience than I thought I did. Um, You know, I lived a very comfortable life. My parents looked after us quite well. Um, So then when you're out on your own, and especially in countries where you don't know the language, you know, the very first country I went to on my own was Japan. And I didn't land in like Tokyo or Osaka. I landed in Fukuoka, which is one of the other islands (laughs) where no one spoke English. And I I What the hell am I doing here? You know, and um, and there was moments where I thought, Oh, I just I can't do this. But you do. You get up mm-hmm. and you push yourself and and you meet people and,
0: and you learn about humanity. J- jazz and you all do, sorts
1: well, of Well I them. learned a lot. Of it. But the humanity in <laughs> people is when you give people a chance, they're actually wanna help you. Mm. They want to help you, yeah. And uh yeah, I I highly recommend travelling.
0: Good. Good. Okay, well look, um what we might do now, Tom, uh, as you know, uh we like to ask our guests to nominate some music to uh, give a bit of an in- give us all a bit of an insight to them as a person. Now, you've nominated a song called "Beyond" by Leon Bridges. Now, why is this particular song important to you, mate?
2: Uh, it's, I there's no like deeper meaning to this song for me, but it is I can listen to this song any day, every time, all the time. And it puts me in that mode where I, I have to sing every lyric to it as well. I can't sit back and put it on. I'm I'm going so excuse me if I do go balls to the wall and sing as loud as I can <laughs> when it comes on. But um, yeah, one of my one of my good friends, best mates, Joel, um, he put me on to put me on to Leon Bridges, and since then I've just been absolutely um, <laughs> rinsing it. And I just want to hear it more, so that's okay, why I chose well, it. Well, let's play it Let and see what it. everyone else thinks. Hi, everybody. This is Wits from Spiderbites. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisce
0: about doing the ill Race Road rumba or the Whatley Street wiggle,
2: I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes.
1: Hello and welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Men With Spirit on Radio Karim. I'm Steve Angel. I'm here with my co-host Peter Anthony. And we're also got a special guest today, uh, Tom George. And we're discourse, discussing... Discussing, that doesn't even have a word. <laughs> <laughs> we're discussing exceeding like your perceived potential. <laughs> uh, welcome back. Thanks very much, Tom. Um, now, Tom, outside of travel, you have a... Quite a few passions, and one interesting passion that I want you to talk to us about is his passion for climbing. Now, for anyone who out there who doesn't re- doesn't know really what the sport is about or the activity, do you want to just run through yeah, it a little it's
0: bit? It's very simple. You need rocks in your head. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, well, I think rocks are involved, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes like sometimes that, yeah, rocks,
2: yeah, sometimes yeah. plastic, yeah. you know, sometimes, yeah. uh, I don't know what else, but yeah, generally rocks or indoor plastic holds. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a, in a weird description, I heard someone explain it this way, is finding somewhat of the hardest way to get up to the top of the rock, <laughs> <laughs> which <laughs> when you put it simply, it kind of does sound pretty dumb, but um, yeah, the easiest way sometimes is too easy and you lose the, the joy and and. and the, um, the satisfaction mm-hmm. of it. So generally the hardest way up the rock is the funnest and, and the most um, you know, the most difficult and the most rewarding. How did you get into it? Did you uh, just look
1: at a wall one day and go, I <laughs> want <laughs> to climb it?
2: I, I think I've always looked at walls and wanted to climb them, but I, that's probably another aspect of my personality, probably me just bouncing off walls. But um, my housemate and I, Bryce, we were just sitting down watching a, a climbing documentary three and a half years ago. Um, and we are just kind of romanticizing about the, 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 travel that people do where they can go and camp and go and live in a place and then, then, then climb there as well. Mm. Like he said, he, when he travels, when he traveled South America as well, he went to a place called Bariloche, and there was just this random eclectic group of climbers that live there from all walks of life and all, all different countries and cultures. And he was just like, that kind of, I think maybe seated it a little from them. So on the couch, sitting there watching that documentary, and we we're like, let's just let's just give this a crack and we went maybe that week or week after and then since then we have been climbing three or four days a week for three and a half years what about the falling how do you Mm.
0: um, do you have harnesses or like or you you really are on the edge
2: yeah this is this is a this is where a lot of my growth has come from as well in terms of the falling aspect is. Um, in climbing there's a bunch of different kind of disciplines of climbing, sport climbing and, and bouldering, trad climbing, ice climbing, all that sort of stuff. But in terms of sport climbing, you're at at the at the gyms in there's one in Caram Downs, shout out Bayside, it's where I've learned everything. It's a great mm-hmm. place. Okay. Um but top roping is where the rope goes basically from the ground to the roof and back down to you. So if you're falling, you're falling maybe only an inch or two inches mm-hmm. or something like that where sport climbing and you do that outside there's a lot of um lot of risk involved because you're taking the rope up with you and you don't have that assistance of the rope um so if you fall in certain places you can take four five ten meter falls the rope will catch you but it's just a matter of at what point and, and how far of the fall will it catch you so you are constantly battling with fear and, mm-hmm. and kind of adjusting risk in the mind as well in real time um and sometimes that really gets the best of you where you like you, you go into like little states of shock as well where you're too scared to make the move. But um, when you when you realise and you kind of get to a bit of a safer spot that that move was very simple, but it was just the mind that played a, a very big part of debilitating you mm-hmm. and, and making you feel non-courageous. So the fear overcame you.
0: It's interesting just tying it back to our discussion last week mm-hmm. or um, the previous week on... Um, on fear, and mm-hmm. overcoming fear. So yep. what you're doing, uh, Tom is uh, is showing how to do that in practice. Yep, Yeah, it,
2: it's it's real time as well, which is, I think, the funnest part of it. But I think using the term fun, I've, I've read about this a little bit as well. And now scientists, I think, use subjective well-being because it's like, well, was rock climbing fun? And you're like, well, it was adventurous. It was <laughs> a lot of risk. There was me winning. There was me losing. There's all these different aspects of play for it to become fun. Mm-hmm. So it's like it was a fun day, but yeah, you know, like I've, my legs are all cut up and my fingers are <laughs> grazed. I've hurt myself here, so it's definitely fun. Um, but you go through the motions of doing a hard climb, and each move might be sequentially harder than the next. So you do a move, and you go, "All right, I can do that one." The next one, you might think you can't do it, and it's, it seems difficult. Um, and then you begin to get that fall-in mindset. Well, if I fall here, I could get injured. It could, it could have these trickle-down effects of am I going to be able to work? And like this is all happening mm. very, very fast. So you learn to kind of really conquer the mind. You start to learn how to really conquer the mind. I don't think I'm there yet. And still, the professionals and the best in the world sometimes deal with the big falls. They've mm-hmm. definitely fallen a lot further. But constantly overcoming coming that mental aspect and, and actually being courageous in the time where you do make that move, and you think back on yourself, you like, I can do this, I, I did it, and then you, the next move again, you're in that same situation, mm-hmm. so it's just constantly breaking down that barrier of belief that you kind of have of yourself, or that perceived barrier of belief that you have on yourself, where you do the move, you get it, you do the next move, you fall maybe, you get back up to that same point, you do the move, conquered, nice, next thing, so it's really just like, it's 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 a, a really sequential way of of kind of battling the mind so it's just like move do the move don't do the move the next move and it's just but, 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 but mm. really really laid out in in black and white terms and it's really allowed me to like transfer that to everything where it's just like now i have this sense of belief in myself in some aspects but it is definitely growing again um, where I know I can be courageous I know I can battle through these little instances and I can battle through what I thought was not possible and then you do it and you're just like okay and that, that's on just moves so then you have like the actual climb itself where you're like I did that climb you know I I can't believe I and did that climb I, 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 am, yeah. I am good I am mm. good enough for mm. this and you have that constantly like you are telling yourself that and conversely you have those things where like I didn't get that climb today mm. but It's a level of acceptance where it's like it'll go i I will get it i'm going to be able to do it all i need to do is work a little bit harder i need to be maybe some dead a little bit more dedicated in some some instances um but you really are faced with a lot of the physicality of climbing but it's really a mental game and Mm. that's why i think a lot of people are drawn to it um you know it's it is fun it can be quite athletic and you go out Camping and, and hiking, which is great, and then you add climbing to that, which is just a beautiful aspect.
0: Some people with their particular sport say that they uh, get into a, a meditative state, mm. and, and it's uh, quite um, uh, sublime experience they have uh, in terms of connectedness, if you like, and a sense of a you know connection. Uh, do you feel anything like that, or how, And and if you, I, I gather you do meditate. So how does uh, this sort of experience relate to meditation, if at all?
2: a lot a, a, for sure a lot there's the state of flow that you can get into when nothing else matters like it's all about being present in the moment and kind of not thinking and just moving mm-hmm. and that's when the body the body's intelligence takes over and the thinking mind is completely completely gone it's mm-hmm. just out of there and you're flowing and it becomes a, a dance on the rock so when you're watching the best climbers dance they just move like water up the, up the rock and just mm-hmm. it's so impressive to see um but yeah you know it's i think my meditation practice and especially being in the, the flotation tanks as well has really helped with quieting the mind as much as possible but also a lot of like visualization aspects where you can sit back and and picture yourself on the wall or picture these specific movements and body positions um and just picture yourself breathing and and, and relaxing into the moment and that allows for that state of flow to to grow and allow for you to kind of be really, really present and and achieve what you are trying to achieve.
1: I love that. There was, uh, something came to my mind when you were talking about the moves and the sequential nature of them. So you need to take one step at a time, which obviously is so practical in nature, but useful in our life. But one of the things that fear causes is us to freeze. Mm. But you can't freeze on a wall, right? Mm. You, you have to make a move, don't you? Otherwise, mm-hmm. that's where you're going to stay mm-hmm. until someone comes <laughs> and takes you yeah. down. So I think that it's, it's a really wonderful um, visual analogy to realize you have to make a move to yep. get through it, don't you? Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's so many analogies from climbing that I've taken into life and have just paid dividends. It's mm. it's been I haven't stuck with a lot of things in my life, and climbing's been the one thing, one of the things that I've stuck with for a very well, the longest time, and it's just getting deeper and deeper. Like I, it seems like I, it seems like it's a repetitive sport because all you're doing is just going out and climbing, but you're constantly breaking down these these different barriers. Um, and yeah, all the analogies of it, I think, have really helped me grow. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm,
0: just breaking through these perceived limitations, exactly. and that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, it's, I can see why you'd be addicted to it. Mm, very.
1: <laughs> Don't, don't you have a wall in your house now
0: I was amazed I heard. <laughs> yeah. tell us about this, the, the wall of Tom
2: it started small like you know it's um, like the private sea it started small and now it's growing into step by step something that's quite large probably the biggest one that i've ever seen indoors (laughs) come on give us some
0: idea of the dimensions of this wall
2: yeah i I I was in there was in there this morning trying to actually measure it out, and i think i said something like 42 square meters but it probably is a bit more than that now um maybe yeah i don't know if you've been to if you've peed to the private scene you've been in that yoga space the floor plan it's much bigger than that (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) much bigger because that's 42 square meters so it's probably yeah maybe 55 60 square meters of rock climbing phase you must have a very big home (laughs) 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 again another lucky situation that i found myself in is bryce's um it's his it's his dad's place and we're lucky to be gifted to live there um and it has a big shed and we've maximized that maximized that shed to to be a big training facility for us good
1: idea now climbing is not the only passion you have you also have some passion for photography and filming. Mm-hmm. Do you want to describe how that makes you feel and, and what do you get out of that passion?
2: I think that's definitely not that climbing isn't a creative avenue for me. I think there is a lot of creativity in in the climbing aspect, but getting into photography and film is a, a a better way of expression i think than climbing just purely because it, it is your style and stuff more coming out visually mm-hmm. um and i think that people can sort of understand a little bit more it's in a better format than climbing because i think people just sort of see climbing as left right up left right up um but you can look at a picture and you can sort of you know oh uh, i think art is like it, it's forces you to feel um and i think it's easier to do that through the mode the 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 medium of photography and film because you can actually display emotion either through picture or through cinema and stuff like that as well. And that's really drawn me to it. I haven't done like massive projects in it, but I can see myself really getting into further things. It's, yeah, it's, I I just, I really like beginning. I get really sucked into that, but I like starting new things and that instant gratification, I think, of just sucking and and sucking at the start for so long and, and learning how to get better which again because climbing um has shown me how to actually get better at things i can now apply that to photography i can apply that to to film and and work and stuff like that as well where it is basically just staying dedicated to one thing or as dedicated as you can be and 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 showing up to that um and the skills grow the skills grow pretty rapidly at the start and it's cool to see i really really enjoy um photography and film
1: Mm, yeah, definitely. Reminds me of a saying: uh, Navy seals, uh, slow is steady and steady is fast. Yeah. I think is is the is the saying. It yeah. is that consistency, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I like the fact that you're willing to suck at it. Mm. A lot of people are willing to suck at something, you know, and stay with it and to get through it. You yeah. know? Um Another thing about your passions that just want to ask you is: Do you think it's just important to enjoy activities outside of your work? I mean, I'm talking about someone as young as you, but for anybody, um, male or female, d- d- how important is that for you?
2: Yeah, I think that's incredibly important. Like there's the saying of how you do anything is how you do everything or how you do everything is how you do anything. And if all you do is one thing, then you're not really able to apply that, that philosophy or that method to it. But if you have work and then outside you play tennis or you do dance or you write and you whatever it might be, you paint or something like that. I think everything can be, or the lessons that you learn in in that one thing are just highly transferable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and can be, yeah, can be can be used. There's like, there's the lessons in everything. And I think that's why I enjoy a recently... <laughs> Taking up golf now, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, trying not to get too deep into that because that's my personality and sort of dial it back a little bit. Um, but really sucking at that, and that's it's really fun, you know. And that's another head game. Isn't it's it? very, much a, a, yeah. very much, yeah, game, yeah. Again, trying to be present and, and stay in the flow of motion. Um, but yeah, it's it just seems like if you're willing to willing to listen, or you're willing to, to look for the answers, or or the um the lessons that are in everything then you can really take that back to 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 your everyday life and whatever it might be it might be your family life it might be cooking or however it's everything's everything's applicable to everything in a weird way
1: yeah you're
0: right can i ask um you mentioned family just then Mm -hmm. um i'm just thinking with the things you've been doing tom um how important is family or the support and love you've received from your family in terms of encouraging you to uh, push the envelope and and try different things and and to grow how important that has that been to you
2: Uh, yeah community is massive community is massive i think for everybody um especially my parents are very as i said like they're, they're the risk takers um, so you, you learn a lot from that to be able to reduce the anxiety around situations and, and take that step or the big leap into it um, but just having someone by your side whether they're informing you or whatever it might be they can just sit there in silence beside you but just knowing that you have that support structure or someone along that journey with you then that's it's just a reassurance I think everyone needs that everyone should want that mm-hmm. if you're on this ride solo it's going to be a matter of time probably before you burn out because that that support structure behind you is is what holds you up um you don't want to be built on a house of cards you want to be built on pure structure of community and, and family friends whatever it might be i think is what helps what helps build you
0: can i um i won't read it out because it's, it's a long quote but we uh, occasionally mention the wisdom of crazy horse and there's a um particular blog or post on that blog which is the wisdom of, of crazyhorse.blogspot.com and it's called Crazy Horse on a Genius and the point that's made in this particular post is um, having an infrastructure um, of loving energy in terms of enabling you. So you can have all this other infrastructure and things to help you grow but what's really going to enable you to go to a new level or a higher level? Uh, to reach your full potential is having this infrastructure of love hmm. and uh, I think that's a really powerful quote if people want to go and check it out and he uses the analogy of uh, Leonardo da Vinci and the love that he received in the final three years of his life and how that helped him to um, break through any perceived uh, limitations in terms of his life and you arguably claim that he's the the greatest genius of all time but in essence it got back to this infrastructure of love and support to help you in your growth so that's what i was interested in in terms of you and your family and and community and how important that's been to you
2: yeah yeah super incredible it's love love is the answer love is the way that's love Love is the answer (laughs) that's whatever question you have just answer it with love
0: absolutely
1: (laughs) now i want to shift gears a little bit just um find out a little bit more about you and personal growth because you know obviously the work we do on the show and the work we do in the um in the groups that we run i mean with spirit groups you know it's all about personal growth and and you know you, today you're a great example of that for someone out there who's listening and wants to push themselves um but i just want to you know we you spoke about support and we talk about like we a lot of model behavior from other people around us so one of the things i want to ask you is this is what did your father what did what did tim teach you about being a man in your life what did you see him do and what have you taken on board
2: vulnerability yeah yeah for sure he's he's a he he's a fun man he enjoys the moment he's always down for a laugh he doesn't take anything too seriously unless it's very necessary um and he's always been willing to open up like now more so with me i don't know if i had that so much throughout my childhood for sure like i mean he definitely did but now we can have conversations because i find we're both on a very similar path Mm. we can have these conversations of complete heart opening and and Mm -hmm. explain how we how we love each other or what makes up certain like spiritual philosophies or like what's out in the universe and we can just kind of talk from a place of you know non-judgment towards each other and i think um i think that's that's kind of incredible um because it's a it's a growth that he's taken in himself as long as as well as me um but yeah he's kind of showing there isn't just like this pure masculinity towards a man there is that feminine energy as Mm -hmm. well um and yeah he he approaches life with a big smile on his face that's for sure he certainly does he (laughs) does and what about your mother what have you learned from Mm. your mother selflessness yeah she's she's one of those people and it can be to you know to her own fault as well where it's that that mother energy that she has is always willing to um always willing to care or or to you know put herself completely last to to help out the family um she's got that incredible caring energy there was always I tried to not take advantage of it, but I knew in school, <laughs> in, in school, if like I just someone had a cool muesli bar at, at lunch, I'd just talk about it. I wouldn't, eat, I wouldn't bring it up specifically, and then the next day it would be in the cupboard because she's such a good listener. Like she, <laughs> she knows everything all the time. She's an impeccable listener, and I think I've learned a lot from that as well. as like, really, you know, you don't need to say much to know someone. You can just sit there and, re- and really listen to them. And she's got that insane quality about her as well.
1: Beautiful, yeah. Um, so, just wrap it up. Let's just wrap this live it up. What What are some takeaways? Do you think that you can leave us with?
2: I think, I, I, I think on the on the topic of you know achieving or, or, or surpassing what you perceive as something that is stopping you, um, and and breaking through those barriers that you might have. The things that I've learnt and and have enabled me to to do that is purely just consistency, mm-hmm. like showing up and 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 being your best self, making that step, going out to the gym in terms of climbing, and whether it's a good workout, bad workout, I know I'm there. Mm-hmm. Um, be true to yourself is is a big big part as well, you know. Try not to be as tainted as possible from different aspects of life. I think that can kind of burn you out and and hold not true. But when you're true to yourself, I find I've always really struggled in terms of communication, um, levels of communication where I've tried to just kind of just regurgitate other people's thoughts and and other things that I've read. And I've always found like that would stop me and I would speak and then think about what that person had thought or mm. said and try and recreate that. And I would have this anxiety about, about speaking. Mm. But uh, now I can come from a place where I just kind of kick back and speak from experience of my own experience. And that has allowed me to, to do that as well. Um, community that we touched on, I think is incredibly important. Just having those support structures of, of love and, and kindness around you and people telling you, you can do it. You know, you are, you are good enough. You're doing a great job. Like just these positive affirmations, I think are, are awesome. Um, yeah. And then courage. Be courageous, everyone. Take that step. I think great, a lot of, great of wise messages, words there. Yeah,
0: great messages to finish on. It really is. Thanks, thank you,
1: Tom. Thank you so much, Tom. There is so much here for, for people to uh, to take away. Um, you're not going away just yet. We're going to come back to you. You've got one more song to introduce, but we're just going to wrap up with a few little final words here. So um, just to remind everybody that you can uh, th- the information and links about our shows are available from the Radio Karim website, which is radiokarim.org, or via our Facebook page. If you want to attend any of our Men With Spirit gatherings, event details and how to register are also on our Men With Spirit Facebook page, which is at Men With Spirit, or you can email us at connect at menwithspirit.com.au. Now, Tom, you've got one more song to introduce to us. Do you want to uh, tell us the song and why it means something to you?
2: The song is Nouvelle Bianche by Unario Ludovici. You know, I asked you to introduce
1: (laughs) us because I couldn't actually say that. Can I be completely honest right We're both both (laughs) at
0: the same
2: thoughts. (laughs) To be honest, I'm not sure how you pronounce it easier, but you just take a stab and it sounds pretty good. What is it again? Nouvelle Bianche. Okay. Um, And it is just a piano solo, modern piano. um, And this song we touched on, well, I sort of spoke about the reason before is being immersed in community. Um, overseas, we kind of created a playlist in a bunch mm. of people and um, this song was the one that stood out to me and went, whilst I was away, it reminded me of home and brings tears to my eyes every time.
1: Beautiful. Great. Tom, thank thanks so much. Really appreciated you being on the show. too. loved everything that you had to say and uh, thanks for your time.
2: Thank you, guys. I'm happy to be thank here. Um, All
1: right. Th- thank you, Peter.
0: And thank you, Stu.
1: Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back on the air next Thursday at 4 p.m. Until then, be true to yourself.
0: Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy, and I'm a sport reporter for the
1: ABC, and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Karam. Tune in and enjoy.